Good morning, Robert. How are we? Oh, do you know, as usual, trying to take chase and tell and meeting myself coming back. It's a <laughs> gust, it's ghastly weather. I like that word. Do you like that word ghastly? It really does say something, doesn't it? Ghastly. It's ghastly weather out there today. I don't know about you, what it was down there like in Plymouth, but in here in Somersetshire, it's bloody raining and I hate the rain. It's slowly blown out overnight. We had a downpour a couple of hours ago, but it's blown out now for a minute. Look, we got it stuck here in the valley. I, oh, <laughs> I can't even see across the valley. I can't even see my big tree across the valley. Well, you know what it's doing? It's topping up the levels for you. <laughs> if it tops up too much, the ones in the valley, because I'm on top of the hill, the ones in the valley will be under a lake. Get it? It's topping up the levels. Yeah, I know, the Somerset levels and all that. But we're on the north end. We drain out from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bear with me a second, because I've literally just got back in. I've just, I've not even had breakfast yet, so it's going to be brunch. I just picked up some nice fresh cackle bris just laid this morning down at Jackman's farm. So I reckon I'm going to jump into some hot water in a frying pan with a bit of white wine vinegar, and uh, I reckon I'm going to be poached to perfection in a minute. Here, old Caroline does a lovely job laying all those eggs every morning, doesn't she? Well, you should hear, hear the cackling noise she makes. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you could, I'll set the scene for you right now. Here I am, sat at the table, got a lovely mug of tea in my arms, mug, nice proper strong Yorkshire tea bag gum, you know. And uh, I've got Tilly and Goose either side of me, and they're licking their lips, they're drooling. Because in my hand is the best, most superior Dunkin' Biscuit in the world, the ginger nut. Aye, oh. aye. And what about this? What about this? I call them children. Look at this, children. There's a school day for you. Look at this. Watch that. It's beautiful. Look, you, you just imagine this. You've got ginger this going into the tea. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, beautiful. Middle finger underneath so we don't get a drop off. Look at this, children. Look, it's steaming and loving. Oh, mm, love it. Do you want me to show you again, children? Do you remember the, do you remember the advert? Um, full moon, half moon for the... Um, Gaffer Cake school teacher, yes. Yeah. Famous, yeah. famous advert now. Same same as this. Look, watch children. It's a full moon. There's a ginger full moon. <laughs> Sorry, you gingers. If you don't like it, tough luck. A ginger nuts. And then, look, it's a full moon. And, huh. Don't look at it. Mmm. Is that lovely? Do you want me to show you again, children? <laughs> One more time. This is the last time. I'm not going to show you anymore because I'm getting... I shouldn't have this many. Watch this. Let's see now. Okay, just imagine it. Look, you know, it's coming up to the mouth nice and slow. Sorry, you drooled in there, Goose. I can see your mouth dripping. Oh, bugger, I dropped me biscuit. That's <laughs> oh. you're right. Well, <laughs> right, you get a half then. Mm. Now I've got to see this other half now because I make up for the bit I dropped. Here, while oh. you're dunking, i got a little secret for you. Right. If you hold your fingers at 12, yeah. Dunk the biscuit, and as you get to the top, turn your fingers so you know at nine o'clock, the drip runs back into the edge of the biscuit, and you don't get it to drip off anymore. Try it. Oh, I do, I do that. I do that. Yeah, I do that. But it's, it's, a bit, it's, a, it's a bit difficult trying to do it if I've got my hand at nine o'clock and my other arm at 12 o'clock. Yeah, but if you put your legs at three o'clock and eight o'clock, you should be all right. <laughs> I usually mean that I'm open for business and come here, darling. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I'm going to enjoy for the next couple of weeks Rob um, peace and quiet no the row rut oh yeah well that's coming on oh yeah yeah we got oh 
Jeff very well. I got. I was about to say, you got funny deer up your way. Do you know it's like it's like all the animals right here. I reckon they got a sense of humour. There's something wrong with them. <laughs> I reckon them farmers is growing some bloody you know exotic plants. You know them Jamaican woodbine plants or something because they're all off the red. Right here, I got bloody squirrels that use tools to set off traps. I got bloody crows that. Well, yeah, you know. And that oh, and now talking about Rorock, oh, it's the funniest thing. Right now, I was on the phone to the client yesterday. And um, it was one of my caravan sites, and uh, she's had a problem with pigeon squirrels. Wants me to go and do another job for us. One of my oldest clients. In fact, I've known her that long. She had one of my pups, which was Bro- uh, Brooke's sister. Blimey! So that's how long I've known her for. But part of fourteen years. Um, and uh, yeah, no. So she phones me up. She says, oh, "I got deer in the garden again." I said, "Hang on, which one?" I said, ain't the funny one again, is it? She said, no, no, this is a girl. So she's coming and let my pumpkins or gourds or whatever the bloody hell it was she had growing there. She said she she, had the, she she left a good one, though. She said she had the rubbish one. I said, all right. Well, the funniest thing happened the last time I got called down to the deal with the deer on that job. Well, she said, something is damaging the caravans. And that was about this time of year. So it's right moving up to the rut. And I said, right. So I thought, I got down her and I ascertained, I mean, it must have been a roebuck or something rubbing his antlers up and down the caravan trying to scrape the velvet and stuff off early season and that. So little time goes by and I think it was about this time of year now. And uh, I'm there early morning, sun's just come up and out he strode. And I'll tell you what, what a handsome beast he was. You know, he was a good high silver medal. He was, you know, <coughs> um, a big, strong, strapping buck. You know, and it's not the sort of one I'd normally call. It wouldn't be a cold buck, but uh, <clears throat> and uh, but you know, nonetheless, he was causing damage and everything else. And the landowner said, "That's it. He's got to go." So at this point, he comes out, and do you know when a bull starts bullying at you, like you know, and his eyes is rolling, his tongue's out. Yeah. Well, that's what his bloody robot was like. He started making another racket. His eyes is rolling, his tongue's out. And he gets to this caravan, and it's this one particular caravan. And it was a lady's caravan. It was a single lady used to have it. <clears throat> now, I don't know whether she was, you know, menstruating or on her period or whatever you want to call it, or whether she wore some funny musk perfume or what, but it was like Chanel number no. five to this deer. Mm-hmm. He goes rolling up to the caravan, bellowing and eyes rolling, tongue out, everything else rubbing himself up and down a caravan and then he gets on his own legs and grabs hold of it and gives it a right good roger in. <laughs> that caravan was shaking. I couldn't <laughs> I, I, I couldn't shoot for laughing. <laughs> I, I, honestly. And I'm like, and this thing there, he's enjoying himself and, you know, and, uh, well, he must have enjoyed himself a little bit too much and he finished and sort of, you know, skipped straight to the cigarette and like, oh, wonderful. And then I, and I, then I dealt with him. So he, he went out with a happy smile on his face. <laughs> he was there, his eyes was rolling, his tongue's out and everything and he's Roger in the bloody caravan. Oh dear. Honestly, you you had to be there, see to be there to believe it. I mean I'm only about forty yards away from him, forty five yards. And he's there, he didn't take no notice of nothing else. He wanted this caravan. And I no idea why, and like I said, the only thing I could think of that you know, that she she actually wore some sort of deary musk perfume or it was her time in a month or something like that, but hey, he was uh, 
He did it once with her in it, apparently. <laughs> you know, and I'm I like, know it's a strange old things when they get something in their head, don't they? Oh, mate, I, do, you know, I, I see some, I've seen some funny things in my time, but you know, that one got to take a take a top mark there for a, you know. Well, he went out with a smile on his face. Well, made a go, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, can you? I mean, was he going to come back as a forward escort with a tow bar? Cortina with the X pack, isn't it? (laughs) Do you remember them years ago? Yeah, yeah. What did I put on this? Was it a Mark? Mark one Cortina. I put on yellow one. (laughs) So I always always wanted one of these. Which is the one that used to look like the Dukes of Hazard car shape? Was that Mark one? Yeah, it was Mark one. Mark two was like the classic like boot was as long as the bonnet type thing wasn't it yeah, mainly in gold, gold yeah. yeah no I always <laughs> wanted the Mark 1 when I was going to paint it orange and put the General Lee on the top <laughs> but, um, but yeah you know um, yeah the old court you know I was going to say that you know cars now they have no character um... nope they're all the same shape and they look exactly the same and they do the same it's weird yeah I just they just got no character and no passion or no love to them I mean you know, I mean, I, I lifted, I lifted up the bonnet of the old man's new Dacia Dustery ball. I looked at it and I went, "Oh yeah, another disposable car." Then, when something goes wrong, you throw this one away and get another. Then, yeah. I mean, I you know, think... like, hey, no, years ago, I mean, like Land Rover, whatever. You know, we used to be able to just pop a bonnet. Something went wrong, whatever, and we and we'd fix it. We'd do it. You know, we, you know. But nowadays, people can't do anything. It's, you know, they've got it to such a way that you've got to take it to a professional garage. You've got all these thousands of pounds worth of tools with special shaped heads and all sorts of different stuff just just to be able to change a spark plug. Yeah, it was like the old Land Rover toolkit. Roller duct tape, pair of pliers, and a big hammer, wasn't it? (laughs) And if you're a posh, chuck a spanner in there. (laughs) Yeah, 10 mil. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was thinking the other day, I wonder how many 10 mil sockets have been lost into the oblivion of engine base. <laughs> yeah, I know. It called there. But it's always 10 mil, isn't it? It's not any other socket except 10 mil. they like designed to fall off and just disappear. But it's, but it's like, you know, Land Rovers, you know, you put, you take a gearbox out or whatever. I mean, bloody hell, that 2A of mine, that little little lily the little one the, the 88 i must have put six gearboxes in that damn thing because none of them were any good and every time i ended up with spare bolts and nuts and everything else and he still went <laughs> i think you were meant to throw them back in the top mate <laughs> uh, you know it's every time you do something you've got like you know you start off with like nothing and then you strip something down and then when you finish you end up with like three nuts left or bolts or something like that and i'm like where the flaming hell do they go I put everything back. There's some I've missed. My <laughs> light still runs. Nothing fell off, so I'm all right. <laughs> I normally end up with a nut and a washer left over. It's like, what did I miss then? <laughs> well, the bolt, the bolt must be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we were talking about this in a week, you know, like, you know, uh, driving disciplines and stuff and things like, you know, for instance, um, I mean, was, was your, you put a post on about uh, what would you most people miss in a car? Yeah, what was in an older car that's not in newer cars? The top answer was choke. But yep. I tell you one thing nobody put on is black yep. and silver number plates. And apparently, 
only vehicles pre-1975 or 76 can have them now as part of the classic look of the vehicle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the number plate. I'll tell you another thing I put it on. Obviously, I said choke. I said two things. I said choke. And one was the old foot switch for the headlamps. Yeah, some even had washers, the wipers connected like that, didn't they? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember having, I mean, I remember having like a twisty, twisty knob on the side of the column on one of my, my vehicles. Yeah, my Land Rover, my 88, the washers and the windscreen wipers was like a twisty mushroom thing stuck on the dash. Yeah, I, in fact, I got uh, one of the early Land Rovers and the wipers, you had to switch them on individually. And it was a little twist switch on the back of the motor that was on the back of each wiper blade. All right. Yeah, that was an old early one. Um, you know, things like that. You know, and, and, you know, driving things. Now, a lot of people don't know now. Like the other day, I jumped in something and they're like, oh, you'll never move that. It's knackered. The only one who can move that is old farmer. No one can get it in gear. So I jumped on, fired this old tractor up, doubled the clutch, chucking in, moving, putting up, parked up, done. They were how the hell did you do that? The only bloke who knows how to do that is farmer. I said, well, I just doubled the clutch. <laughs> they're like, doubled the what? I said, the clutch. What clutch? What's a clutch? Oh, my God. Because all of a sudden, everything they got now, they're, they're driving these new tractors. They, they, some of these new tractors ain't even got a clutch. It's just a switch. Yeah. They just flick between gears and stuff. Well, they ain't, these, these, these young ones never had a clue. Well, they ain't their fault because they never had to grow up with stuff like that and they've never been shown. But, um, yeah, he's like, yeah, we've, we've jumped up there and we tried to get that thing in gear and can't do it. So, no, and I showed them. I said, look, this is how you do it. I said, our oh, farmer's never got time to show us. I was like, <laughs> I said, well, that's probably because he don't want you touching his old tractors because they're worth some. Yeah. I said, but, you know, if you've got to move something like this, you know, it's like I was on the job the other week um, on this big education centre and there's a, a JCB um, reach truck there. And um, the only bloke that can drive it, apart from the general manager who knows, is the old fireman that works on the place. And they've got all these young students there, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got to go and get some bales, but we got no I said, well, take that reach. He went, oh, we don't know how to drive it. So I just jumped in, going, so where do you want the bales, boys? And they were like, over here. Oh, yeah. So I moved all the bales over for him, and then parking up. I said, well, he did my way anyway, so I'll park up over there. And they were like, oh, I said, can I get on with pest control now? Because I'm not supposed to be here doing farm work. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's, you know, this is another thing. It's like, you know, why keep saying about pest controllers and stuff like that? You know, whether it's a um, you're, you're an amateur pest controller, but you're doing it as a hobby, and um, you know you're in a farm or even a professional like myself, um, you've got to be able to help out on the farms as well. You need to know what you're doing, and you know the amount of times I've helped deliver calves or lambs or you know pigs, chickens with egg bind, you know all sorts of different stuff. I've even jumped on the drill and drilled the bloody crop myself. Um, you know, it's, you know, you need to know what you're doing, obviously, in the license. But people's nowadays, people just go on a farm. Oh well, we're here for pest control. So you know, and they don't even understand why they're there for pest control. They just use it as an and a day or day. You know, to be an asset on a farm. That's what I said in my articles. Don't you remember permission to be approached? Oh, I do you, indeed. You've got to be handy to the farm as well. It's not just a case of oh, you want to do a bit of shooting, get some pigeons off a crop or shoot a few rats or whatever. But if you're there and a farmer's struggling or might need a bit of fencing done or something, jump in and give my hand. You know, it'll go a long way, extra pair of hands, especially if he's on his own or something. 
And you know, even though it might not look like it, even if you just restring, say, a barbed wire fence, one of the posts is broken, you do it off your own back. Go local farm store, buy a post, get your hammer out. He will notice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, just the other day I found that farmer. I said, here, I said, I'm up, I'm up top on top acre. I said, you got a fence down up here. Oh, bloody hell, he said... He said, can you secure it for me? Because if them cattle get out, he said, I'll be buggered. They'll be, and I just seen the post this morning on the uh, next door app, whatever it is, two cattle out upon the top of the hill. Does anybody know who the farmer is? I saw I went straight up there, put them straight in the, straight in the back in the field. Saw the gap, had some baler twine on board, bridged the gap with baler twine, phoned the farmer, said, you better get up here and sort this out. Because I didn't have anything else but some baler twine. Oh, and a couple of cable, a couple of bungee ropes. I said, I want my bungee ropes back. <laughs> um, that they'll disappear like everything else does um but you know it's like farmer says here could you you secure the fence for me and I, thanks rob he said I'll, I'll sort out like later on this afternoon and he said i'm doing a tb test i said yeah no 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 worries and i had a look and i it, it basically the post snapped but the wire was still good it was still attached to two post snaps on last piece of cake and i knew there was a load of old posts down in the yard so i went and grabbed a couple of old posts took the post whacker up banged them back in four staples on the two posts, you know, top and bottom. Fence was back up. I phoned him up and said, don't worry about that. I fixed your fence for you. Oh, brilliant. He said, thanks for that, Robbo. You're pointing out. Ah, that's all right. That's all right, farmer. Ain't no problem. I'm going to crack on with doing these, this feral pigeon job for you. Yeah. Because <coughs> it was in the, in the top barn where the grain was being kept. Your bloody feral pigeons moved in there. And I'm trying to work out how the bloody things are getting in because it's netted all the way around. We, we've done, farmer's listened to me. He's done it properly. So, Trying to work out how little sods are getting in. I think he's they're getting in, in through the, the the roof vent in the top where it's you know where you got like the, the roof goes up, then you got a little mini roof over the top of it yeah. to let the air flow. I think they're getting in there, so I'm gonna have to get up and wire it out. But I, I thought that was too small for him, but mm, obviously not. But I can't see where else unless Farmer left the door open one day and then he got in there and never come out. Maybe. And I'll tell you something else a lot of younger people need to learn to do is an off-road course. Isn't it? Oh, oh blow me, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, those older people are the bleeding saying twice I've been stuck <laughs> on that on that bloody shoot. God, I'll tell you what, that was a that was a sketchy moment. It's bloody good I know how to drive off road and everything else. <laughs> I, I, it was like driving on a, a frying pan full of chip fat, like lard. You know, it was all slidey and mushy the top bit, the first inch, and then underneath was solid but that first inch basically turned it into an ice rink. I literally turned the corner, I was loaded up, granted I was loaded up with grain and water and that for the, for the birds and all the other stuff. And I, I literally turned up the ride and as I turned right to go up there, I was in low ratio, everything's set right for the job, got the proper tires on. I literally went to go forward and next thing I know, I'm going backwards and I'm going backwards at speed down the hill. And the, all I could do was control the slide. Um, and uh, if I'd have gone, I, I literally aimed for a tree um, to, to stop me. Because um, if I'd have gone any further, there's a little outcrop behind it, a little rocky outcrop that drops by about three feet. Well, then back wheels would have gone over, the front wheels would have come over the top, and I'd have been on my roof. So I managed to control the slide and get it into a um, into a tree, and uh, then had to call for help <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah. phone, phone phone farmer up and a couple of him and a couple of the boys come down and well apart from laughing and taking their mickey and said bloody hell not again he said this is 40 yards on from the last place you got stuck 
I said, there's something bloody wrong on this order, I tell you. You know, <laughs> I even put, you know, I mean, in a Land Rover, I can understand getting a Land Rover, because Land Rover could pull the skin off a rice pudding nowadays, they're bloody rubbish. But this one was in my Nissan, with proper tyres on. But yeah, no, it, I mean, as it was that slidey, it was literally, you couldn't even stand on it. Um, you, you couldn't even stand on it without falling over. Um, it was it was a bit a bit sketchy. I don't know quite what's happened there. I don't know whether they've spread a load of muck up on the top or whatever, and then it's come down and settled there, and it's like greasy or whatever. But literally, for on that corner as you turn, and then for about thirty yards, it was well, it was like a bloody ice rink. So you know, with a bit of rope and a bit of ingenuity, and uh, then farmer brought down a, um, a cargo net off the side of the lorry. And uh, we laid it out and got it in and with a bit of brief strength and about half a dozen of the boys from the farm giving me a push. I got going and and I kept going. I didn't stop. Drove right past the feeders and kept going. <laughs> that, you got to think myself. about your hill and sliding, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know, we'd shame when we went past doing the Dukes of Hazard that time. That was funny. <laughs> uh, but that it, it's one of those. It's, a, it's such an incline. It's such a hill. Um, even... At certain times of year when it is really damp even the quad bikes with the proper tires on slide all over the place and can't really get anywhere it's a it's a it's a, it's a dangerous i got a place down by cheddar as well which is my uncle's place that's the same and christ i'll tell you what i slipped off the top of that hill rolled about 200 yards down the hill and found a rock that's been there for a thousand million years somebody stuck there and it smacked my knee and i couldn't walk for six weeks after yeah i would have moved the rock but i don't know how big it is i think it's about as big as the hillside <laughs> it's like the icebergs isn't it the bit you see above is only a third of what's below the water <laughs> yeah well that's like the woman that went to the doctors with a, with a, a lettuce up her um, up her Jack and Danny and uh, and uh, the doctor said by Christ he said, she, well, he said what's that he said that's, she said that's only the tip of the iceberg <laughs> oh, sorry I just oh god Decided. Thank you, Jim Davidson, for the joke. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, a non-PC Jim Davidson, Bernard Manning, you know, Jimmy Jones, something like that. You know, I mean, God, bloody, I can't do all this PC nonsense. Does my head in? You know, and you got to worry about everything you say every thir- every step of the way and all this. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't do that. It's, you know, you get offended by what I say, then you're an idiot. <laughs> oh dear. So, but yeah, you know, that's oh, the thing. Is listen, go on, what? On about being offended, I saw a post this morning somebody had shared. Um, a couple in Ireland, oh, see me, um, had bought what was the, I suppose you'd call it these days, a top yard of an old farm. Right. Anyway, uh, sadly, a farmer passed on and his neighbour took it all on and he decided to extend the dairy put in a slurry pit, silage clamp, new shed, and apparently it's literally 30 or 40 metres away from their property, their boundary walls or something, and yeah. they wrote into the Irish Times to complain. And some, I don't know whether it was the legal beagle or the reporter guy, they come back with all the jargon and nonsense and everything, but surely if you live in the countryside and it used to be part of a farm, but the farm's still a working farm, you're going to expect to have it being working again one day, surely. Or is it just well, me yeah. being stupid? Well, no, it's... Do you know what? 
they're just typical bloody townies and stuff moving to the countryside oh we want to move to the countryside it's lovely oh actually it smells it makes noise and oh those animals are disgusting they fornicate do what so i'm like you know i i, I looked after the farm while farmer went um to canada for a fortnight to see his brother uh well i say i looked after it the the, the farm is there he just asked me to keep an eye on him if there's a problem deal with it whatever give him a ring and uh, I remember going down to um, back pasture with, with the oak tree in it where Dad fell over. And a uh, farmer sold a corner of the field off. There's a house next to it. And he sold a corner of the field off, about an acre, I think it was, to the these guys that moved down from London. And, uh, you know, it's always been a, a cattle pasture. It's always been grass growing to feed the cattle on. And then, you know, you cut hay off it now and again and all that sort of stuff. And uh, this bloke comes in, I say, said, do these animals always sit here in the field making these god-awful noises and blah, 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 it stinks. I've just moved, this is my second home from London. I'm like, yeah, well, he got me on a bad morning because um, I had a bit stressful morning that morning and uh, there was a, a couple of problems with the farm, plus I was trying to run the business as well. And uh, so he got it in broad west country about why don't you go back to London where you belong? <laughs> I don't think you're in West Country that way, that way before. Um, no. Because you know, he was being a right twit. He's like, you know, farmers really should have more respect but keeping the fields tidy. But like, do what? Like, These animals are pooing all over them. But like, that's their living room, my, my, my boy. That's where they live. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, oh, for God's sake. You know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, <laughs> there's nothing for me. I mean, you know, I... Like if I go into, into if I go and see my family in the city or something, I stay at their house. All the noise, any sirens and people and all hours, I can't sleep. It's like you know, I'm, who's out there by the car? You know, every five minutes, I'm like, I hear a noise. I'm up in the window. Who's, who's near that truck? You know, or whatever. You know, but in the countryside, you know, I hear a bloody cow mooing or whatever. And I spit smell of the silage pit or. You know, even the shit pit. Oh, no, I meant the poo pit. Um, even, you know, that, that wafting across, you know. It's like, wow, oh, lovely country smell. That keeps the nostrils clean and clear. You know, I'm going to breathe. As uh, Farver said. Go on. As Farver used to say, if you can smell that, boy, you know you ain't bloody dead yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember when I moved into that house down there um, on the edge of the farm. And, uh, my ex-wife, <clears throat> I mean, she's a typical townie. She got no idea about the countryside. And, well, she still lives there now, and she's still got no bleeding idea. And uh, I remember her waking me up at like four in the morning, and it's around about the time of, of the rut, the red rut. Now, we live right next to the deer farm. We had the farm, and we were nestled right against the boundary fence of the deer farm, red deer farm. You know, and these are these are Cornish red deer. Uh, that we come from. And... Um, they were there and they had these two big red stags in there and uh, of course you know what they sound like when they start running yep. and calling and everything else because it's about four or four in the morning and uh, I was, and, and to me it's like music to my ears I'm just off dreaming and stalking in Scotland and bloody all sorts I'm, I'm away with the land of the fairies me I'm, that's, that's lovely you know and she shakes me and wakes me up and I'm like well, well, what's going on she said, I can hear a cow I went well, of course you can you stupid woman we're in the middle of the bloody countryside next to a farm. Of course, then I let down and I can't get to sleep. Then I'm sort of half dozing off. And then the, these two these two um, stags start roaring and stuff. I woke up and went, that's not okay, you dopey cow. That's a deer. There's a red stag next door having a, a bit of a row with the other one. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they were roaring at each other from their pens, you know. And then after that, it was like, bloody, I might as well bloody get up now. I've got the alarms going off in half hour. <laughs> so that ruined my night's sleep. But yeah, no, that was, yeah. So, so you know, typical town, you know, the years. I'll tell you one of the funniest ones is that they built a housing estate. The, one of the big farms I do a lot of work for, they sold off a load of other land so they could buy other land elsewhere, but it was right on the edge of the town. What was a village, but now a town. Um, but they kept their butcher shop where it always was and sold the slaughterhouse and all the rest and moved that further out. So they built a housing estate. This is what they sold it for, for development, built this housing estate. Uh, I, I had a friend move in down there and she, her and her, her husband, she, her husband's a shooter, but she's always been a townie. In fact, she was a cousin of my ex-wife. Um, and uh, we got there, of course, right next to it, the, all the paddocks and fields leading up to it is all owned by one of the large sheep units around here, the big shepherds. And, you know, of course, you know, every year they put those ewes in there, the lambs, having lambs and all sorts of different stuff in these. But so I go around the house, you know, to a housewarming party. She said, I'm going to put a complaint into the farmer. Farmer says, yeah, the, you know, the bloke who got all these sheep. So why are you going to put a complaint in? Why was smart? They're getting in your garden? What? She said, no. She said, oh, they do all bloody day and night. It's bar. I said, <laughs> I said, do what? She said, yeah, bar, 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 every two minutes. So I went, well, there's the best part of 150 sheep out there, like ewes out there, and we're all, you know, ready to draw. So you're going to get a fair bit more in a minute. I said, you do realise that these are like lambing pastures and stuff like that. And uh, she said, well, I think I'm going to complain to the council about it. I've had enough. Of it. You bought a house on the edge of a farm. Mm-hmm. And you're going to complain about the farm animals. So what are you going to complain about next? The pigeons cooing in the morning? I said, Cause you've got an oak tree at the bottom of your garden. I said, and that's a big flight tree. That's a, quite a lot of good flight trees between this section of the valley. They stop there. You get flocks of pigeons in there, and then they fly across the valley to the wheat fields the other side. And they were like, flight lines? What's flight lines? And of course, my mate was like, yeah, that's all right. And he said, because I said, my garden. He said, he landed in there. He said, I'm going to take the pigeons out with the air rifle. I mean, yeah. this, is 20, this is 25 years ago, but, you know, and I'm laughing my head off, and she's there moaning and going, oh, Christ. I said, you've got enough mouth for two heads, woman. Oh, and I think the one that really amuses me is people on horses should jump off and get a poo bag out for the poo <laughs> it's not like a doggy bag where you pick up like two or three turdy bits you know horse can like poo 10 pound of bloody poo if it wants to you know <laughs> you know, you know broad you know broad like you know with camels and stuff that what they do is they have a, a, a poo bag on the back a bit like a, a food bag on the front they have a poo bag on the back yeah yeah, honestly, I'll show you. So I did say to one of the Arabs I knew, I went, hang on a minute, you got your feet sack on the front. I said, a poo bag on the back. I said, what's that refueling emptying as you walk, as you go along? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about refueling, I remember riding the horse and cart into a fuel station once. I think you did that as well, didn't you? Yeah. Or did you ride the horse in? I rode the horse in, <laughs> much to their disbelief. <laughs> this, I, remember, I, remember, I, I remember doing it on the horse and cart, my uncle's horse and cart, and uh, we were we were just hauling a bit of hay from... We'd cut, he'd done some vintage cutting, basically, and he's all small bells, and it was on this little little bale trailer. And uh, I, I drove all, all blaze up through, and I, I pulled up in the garage, tied him up, but I was on a pump. 
of course, this this bloke next to me, he's like, you know, typical townie and all that. I said, here, mister. I said, do you know if these take diesel, four-star, two-star, or three-star? He's like, what? What? I said, I'll have to go and ask in the garage because I don't know what fuel they take. Of course, I... I went in the port, you know, packet of polos and you know Mars bar or whatever else. And of course, I come out. Is this all right? He said they run on they run on polos. And I give him a polo and I try it off. And this bloke's like, what? What? <laughs> 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 look on his face. You can just imagine him. Do you know that they refuel horses with polos in the filling station? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened with you? Because you know, I remember you riding into a garage once, I think, with the horse. Yeah, our local filling station, lift the tail up, lift up the diesel pump, and they're like, you can see them, they don't want to shout over the tannery for spooking the horse, but you can see, like, the mass panic, and then, like, trying to bang on the windows quietly, that you can't do that. I'm like, well, <laughs> my car has horsepower, so what's the difference? <laughs> <coughs> I'll tell you, um, I, got, I, got, I got a joke for you. Go on, so, you know, I've gone out and I, I'm, you know, a teenager, I've just passed my test, he said, but I haven't got a lot of money. So I go to the, the local scrapyard and and they, they get, they, I said, what can I have? He said, well, you know, we've got nothing. I said, well, you can have, you can have this, this old Ford Cortina. He says, uh, it's got an MOT, but it's got no engine. I said, well, how the hell's it going to run? And he said, well, like, he said, what we'll do is we'll sell you this six foot cockerel. I said, do what? So I said, how's that gonna work he said you just feed it corn and that and it'll run your car and you can so they harnessed it all up with a special harness and i'm sat there windscreen's gone like you know so i'm sat there get on get on so i'm going down i'm going down the bypass you know 20 miles an hour get on yeah lovely and this big this big this big cockerel this big end this is this is gone you know giving it some the harness is going really go on get on get on give it some i got up to 60 miles an hour you know with this this, this big end this big that's end good speed yeah, yeah, but the trouble is what happened then. The bloody the harness snapped, and I come to a stop in the layby, and this copper pulls up, and he says, "You're right, son." He said, um, "You broke down." I said, "Yeah, my big end's gone." <laughs> <laughs> I just that joke just suddenly sprung in my head. It was what my uncle Dave told me. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Dave gets some better jokes. Please. <laughs> yeah, no, just, just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of jokes I can't tell on there. You know, so many. I mean, typical rugby farm boy, you know, sat, stood in the barrel cracking jokes. There's loads, there's loads I can't tell. Um, and there's some, I, there's some I can clean up a little bit. And there's some I can't. Like the one I had to remember, sort of pretend I forgot the other week because then I realised the punchline was too rude and I couldn't say it on air. I suppose next thing we'll have to do a virtual podcast, Rob. Well... Actually, before we go go virtually, um, could, it's a virtual reality world, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, you know everything. Like it's, it's all online and nothing's real. Or, you know, I mean, you know, my my son came up to me and he said to me, he said he had some homework. I tell you, I tell you what, you, you try and do kids' homework nowadays. Do you help your kids do their homework? No, I've given up because I don't understand any of it now because they reworded it to something stupid I don't get. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, nowadays, I tried it. I mean, I was always good at maths. I mean, I, I, I passed out with A-level maths and that. I mean, I could tell you Pythagoras' theorem backwards. But the stuff they got now is bloody... It's Go just on, man. Weird. Well, I ain't doing that now. It'll give me a headache. But, you know... Um, <laughs> 
but no, honestly, what well, I was just saying, you, you, you give up because you don't understand it. I, honestly, I've tried to help kids with their own work and they've gone, I'm like, right, two and two equals four sort of thing, you know? Oh, no, no, that ain't good enough. We've got to add in a bit of algebra. Algebra? Where the bloody hell do you going to never need algebra? You know? And then we've got to do this and A equals that and B equals this and plus two plus three, add that. And by the end of it, you've got a whole page full of crap just to read equals four. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, gee whiz. You know, so, and, and all sorts of stuff, you know. Yeah, and they've got funny words for things now as well. Yeah, I was just about to say, my kids come home with some English homework the other day. Now, when I was at school, you had sentences, words, paragraphs, nouns was names of things, and adjectives and stuff was things that did stuff. And now they've got a whole list of other stuff for these words as well, and other words that go with it. They've made up, like, new crap. And it's like, what the hell is this? And I'm there Googling it, and even Google's, like, confused why it's trying to tell me an answer for stuff. And I'm like... Stuff it. Take it into your teacher tomorrow. <laughs> well, you know, it's like um, words. My nephew, right? He, I was trying to teach him, like you know, marksmanship and, and weaponizing math and all this sort of stuff. And he came out with instead of saying "I'm confused" or anything like that, he said "I'm discombobulated." <laughs> I said, where you said, well, don't worry, the toilet's out there. I said, if you, you know, if you if you get stuck, make like a, a constipated mathematician and work it out with a pencil, you know. And he's like, no, I'm discombobulated. I said, what? He said, I'm confused. I went, why the bloody hell did you say that? Because that makes two of us now. <laughs> <laughs> discombobulated, you know. And, oh, bloody dear. So, yeah, discombobulated is a fun, fancy word for confused. It's something to, that has put you in a state where you don't know up from down and you can't spell your own name you may just be discombobulated no I can normally say that's your pissed on cider but <laughs> <laughs> well that, last time I checked most of us country boys if we get confused we're in the um, wet sticky stuff and it begins with S and ends in it <laughs> it's yeah, a lot faster and everybody understands what you mean <laughs> yeah or you've reversed into a tree sliding backwards <laughs> Yeah, you know, that was funny the other day when I went, because by the time Farmer got there, you know, I just had this hysterical, I've always smashed me light and I've got to buy a new light for the back there and I've got a panel be out. So, and most people will be real miffed off about it, but I've just, you know, I've got in life now, I'm like, do you know, there's no point getting bloody the ump about stuff. It's like, oh, it's bloody annoying, but, you know, what else could you do, you know? So, my granddad popped into my head. Now, my, you know, perhaps, I've written about him so many times, he spoke so many times. Yeah. He, is, he was just hilarious and do you know the song always look on the bright side of life from the life of brian oh yes oh look it's jayla's pet they put you the right way around (laughs) (laughs) he loved that song and i I remember you know we were down down the conrace club and the disco was on or whatever you know with music playing in the background and i think perhaps it had one or two bit bitters too many he'd had he'd had half a pint more than normal and uh people still drink bitter yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, drink. We're ale drinkers up right here as well, not just cider. And um, yeah, and all of a sudden, right? You know, and I can still see it now. There's the disco light up on the stage. The pool table's on the middle of the dance floor, like you would expect. You know, and, um, but uh, our pap's got to go for a wee, and then the song came on, and he took a side step, all on his own, no one else on the dance floor, another, and he did a little funny routine dance. 
to always look on the bright side of life and he's whistling and he got the pool cue as his you know walking stick and all sorts of stuff and he's doing his it looked like a scene from Laurel and Hardy you know, <laughs> uh, you, know you know the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia or wherever it was and uh, he's doing this little dance they put a pool cue down when it finished and went in the toilet and had a wee you know and I always remember <laughs> that because I was sat in my truck back end buried up a tree waiting for Farmer to come along and that song pops in my head but by the time mm-hmm. Farmer and all that turns up I'm going <whistles> oh, I sing always look on the bright side of life <whistles> <laughs> yeah you know and then, and then they come down, they come down, all the farm lads are on there were like he's singing and there's, there, <laughs> there's nothing else button. to do is there <laughs> yeah but I couldn't get out of the truck because the, the street to my right had blocked the driver's door in and there was a drop to my left so I couldn't get out of the truck yeah. Uh, so you know, there's me singing, always singing on the bright side of life. That goose, go and lie down, dog. I'm talking. Go and lie down. Go on. If you don't, I'm going to cut your tail off and your balls at the same time. Go on. They're going to come off. Oh. I'm telling you. No, no, <laughs> look at me with your paw up. Going, oh, don't do it. Go and lie down. Thank you. Good boy. And uh, yeah, so with virtual reality, there's one for you then. Right, virtual reality. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, my son came in and uh, he, he asked me um, about homework. It was like you know, and he had to he had to explain in detail virtual reality. And so, of course, I scratched my head and my back, so I think. Hmm. So then I thought, right? I said, right, go and ask your mum. I said, if she'll go and make love to the head herdsman and milkman for a million quid, and you know, because he's a, sorry, Colin, but you're an ugly git. You've got a face only a mother could love. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, so he went off and asked her, and she, he came back. He said, "Yeah, Mum said she, she'd make love to Colin for a million quid." I said, right, okay, right now go and ask your sister. I said, "Go and ask her if she'd make love to him for a million quid." He came back. He said, "Yeah, my sister said she'd make love to Colin for a million quid." I said, "Well, there you go. That's virtual reality." He said, "I don't get it, Dad." I said, "Well, virtually we're millionaires in reality. We're living with a pair of slappers." Boom. <laughs> 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 you know, that's the only one I could think of a virtual it only took 10 minutes to get around to that joke people <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we were, it's, it's like all these things like any old country boy chatting in a pub or on a farm whatever I call it the spider's web effect you think you're starting off at one point saying right where do I put this cattle feed or you know where's that spanner whatever and then it, you end up in a whole thing and an hour later you're still stood there going well where is it <laughs> you know what I mean you, yes. end up, you end up as a spider's web going and chatting about all tangents and you know and things like that so it's like you know yeah so and I think just to finish off I think it's a country thing say you want to borrow old Mike's tools or whatever or you want him to do a little job for you you go halfway around the fields around the woods back around the mountain come around the hill again and back through the church and the pub just to get there don't you <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, talking about borrowing tools and things. Uh, we haven't we haven't caught up on the old gits this week. Nah. What's wrong now? Oh, dad, no. <laughs> this is my dad. Typical all time over. I mean, you know he's forever bleeding, losing things. You've got my sewing, so you've got me. You know what have you done with the blue paint? What blue paint? Let me <laughs> guess. He's lost the shed now, has he? <laughs> well, never a truer word said in jest. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no. Please. Talking about borrowing things, right? The old man, right? He's like, right. I said, Dad, can I borrow, I don't know, Jack, whatever. You know, I can't find, you know, whatever. You know, since I got divorced, all of my stuff got nicked. Uh, 
and sold. Um, so I'd say to the old man, like Barca, will you look after it, mind you bring you send that back in a clean, good condition or whatever, t- tools, whatever. My God, I borrow anything off of this, it's in crap state. Send it back in <laughs> good condition. I'm the one that sends it back in almost new condition because I spent two hours cleaning it all before I can use it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and he, I give him something back, he goes, that ain't mine. I said, yeah, it is. I said, but that's what it looks like when it's clean. <laughs> you know, spanners covered in oil and crap like that and you know borrow a lawnmower and it's full of grass and like or whatever and it's like for the love of god <laughs> you know, he lent me a drill once never had a plug on it you know i know yeah, another, me, 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 me and me, me and me brother right me we've come to the conclusion right <laughs> that dad only gives away stuff that's broke knackered or stuff he don't want right and uh, like so, like he gave me a SIM card for one of the trail cameras. And right. that's all right. Here's a SIM card. I said, well, I'm going to go and buy one. Ah, oh, here's one. You can have this one. It's broke. Gives <laughs> <laughs> me a broken SIM card. Don't worry. Right? You know, gives me brother a, a, a ammo safe, a digital ammo safe with keys. It's broke. Only thing that works is the keys. He said, but he got <laughs> two keys. He got two keys. I said, but yeah, but he's giving him two safes now that don't work. He's got to use keys for. <laughs> he's like he put new he put the hardwood floor in there. Just want some carpet rock? Want some, why do I want your old carpet? Ah, it's good carpet. So if it was good carpet, you'd still keep it on the ground. You're just trying to dump your rubbish off on me. He's like yeah. Delboy in reverse, isn't he? <laughs> oh, honestly, I always called him Daddy Delboy. Can I borrow the trailer, Dad? Can I borrow the trailer? Yeah. Got got to the job. Realised there's no floor in it. <laughs> right. Took the lid off. Where the hell's the floor? Oh yeah, I forgot I took that out. I was going to replace it. I said, but you could have told me that before you lent me it. I could have done something about it. <laughs> you know? It's like, you'd be a trailer with no floor in it. Oh, <laughs> so I, I had to cobble something together on the job. So what it was, is I, I was going down, another gun dealer and all that was given up and he, he had a big safe that I wanted. So I went down and luckily I managed to get the safe in the trailer, but I had to cobble a floor together which worked quite well um, to bring this bloody safe back. And, uh, yeah, he gave me just everything. Just like, he gave me some, he's like, he said, oh, I've got this uh, set of power tools here. He said, I don't use them anymore, you know, if you want them, cordless. So I said, oh, I'll come in handy because, you know, sort of sometimes I do need cordless. So I've charged it all up, went to use it, nothing works. Oh, no, he gave me a set <laughs> of bloody tools with buggered batteries. Oh, dear. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I remember, you know, I remember having clothes as a kid and stuff like that, and get me clothes or whatever. It got them cheap. It was like instead of getting me some at my right size, say it would cost twenty quid, something that's like too big for me was a fiver. So he'd get me that. He said, "You got room to grow into it, grow into it." I said, "It'll be grow out of it." I said, "Bloody worn out before I get to grow into it." <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember buying my buying some trousers once. You know, and he would roll them up, and I said, "I took two two steps, then the trousers moved." That's you know? like giving your parents an old man you found down the pub. What's that? Well, that's your grandson. You'll grow into him. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Honestly, he's a bugger, my old man. There, uh, him, him, him and our Dave have gone off camping. They're down Devon. And I seen a video on Facebook last night. And my uncle Mike met him. So it's the three brothers together. And, uh, you know, it, it's like watching the Three Stooges with them three. So I haven't spoken about Uncle Mike. <laughs> Honestly, get them three together, right? Well, they caught some bloody girl mackerel off bricks and break war. 
bloody great yeah. big mackerel they were cool they was huge proper big ones like and uh so my uncle mike is on video and he's reeling them in and as he's halfway up the wall his reel snaps oof right so dad's grabbed the front and oofs him up in and all this sort of stuff then the old man casts out and snaps the ends of his rod <laughs> and i'm like oh my god what are you two are going to cast in him and go straight off the wall and go for a swim I can see a fishing rod coming your way then. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, do you want a fishing rod? Good fishing rod. I've got the end of the rod missing, but it's a good rod. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, do you want one of these for the kids? Broken fishing rod. The rest of it works. <laughs> oh, when I was a kid, right? He gave me a clock from my bedroom. You know, one of them wind-up clocks. You know, ones you, remember ones years ago, you used to get like these little square clocks that used to fold out and stand on themselves? Yes. Yeah, you know, the ones oh, that yeah, you wind them up. Yeah, I, well, I did as well. My old man gave me it when I was a kid from my bedroom so that I knew when to get up, set the alarm for school and all this. Yeah, he gave me a broken clock. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did. What well, he was true is what he said. He said it. Well, it is. He said it works. He said it's, it's correct time twice a day. I, I couldn't get him on that one. He did. It, it did work <laughs> twice a day. It was a correct time. I think. I think it was nine forty-five. It, it stopped. <laughs> I remember rightly. So when I was late for school, I said, well, it was me old man, miss. He gave me a broken clock and nothing was working. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Blimey. You know, just the, the, just the memories. I mean, he sold me dog. He'd sell anything. You got to nail it down. If it wasn't nailed down, he'd steal it. And if it was nailed down, he'd, he'd, he'd bloody sell it. But if it was nailed down, he'd sell what it was nailed down to with what you wanted on top of it. Yes. <laughs> My brother came home from the army. But he was on. He was, he was in Bosnia. And he bought a brand new racing bike, and he came home on R and R. Got his racing bike. Blah blah blah. And went back for six months, and then come back because he was working for the UN at the time. And um, he come back. He said, "I'm going to go out for a ride." I said, "Well," he said, "My bike." I said, no, you ain't. I said, the old man got skinned. I said, he sold it. He said, he kind of done. He said, we chained it to the wall. I said, I know. He said, well, how did he get it off? He said, I said, he took his angle grinder and got it off. <laughs> he said, you know what? He sold his bloody bike. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, he's a bugger, my old man. If it ain't if it ain't nailed down, he bloody sell it or screw it or fry it. Oh, God. I mean, I remember going, I remember feeding my little Lucy. Now, she's quite famous in my book, little Lucy. I remember feeding her in the morning, my little Jack Russell, before school. Took her for a walk. Right? See you later. Blah, blah, blah. Put her back in her kennel. I come back. So I'm going to go and take Lucy up the field and everything else. Mum said, you know. I said, why? I said, your dad sold her. What? <laughs> but he sold my dog. <laughs> yeah, I was only 14. Oh, dear. Yeah, Tin Can Alley. That's another thing, those two buggers. Christmas, I got bought this year. I always wanted Tin Can Alley. Do you remember when Tin Can Alley first came out? Yeah. Yeah, I always wanted Tin Can Alley. Bloody brilliant, you know. So I got there Christmas morning, I opens it up. Oh, I've got Tin Can Alley. And there's my Uncle Dave and Dad. They're like, all right, we'll set it up for you. So they put it up, set it all up, put the batteries in. Having a go with it. Wouldn't let me have a go. Hang on, we've got to make sure it's working. And all this. The two buggers fighting over it broke it. <laughs> right? Oh, we'll have to take it back. Of course, nothing's open because it was back in the day when you, Boxing Day wasn't open. It was like, you know, everything was shut till after Boxing Day. Right, so I couldn't have nothing, so I didn't end it up with me, me tin can alley. So they went off to go and get tin can alley, but it's all sold out. So I couldn't. So they come back with a crossman air rifle. You remember the pump up action? You be under lever, you pull a bump it, crossman air yeah. rifle. Yeah, come back with one of them. Okay. Well, this is better than tin can alley. We can put all cans in the garden for you, and you can do this. And 
So it was a sort of tin can alley, I suppose. And then I remember, you know, I had it for years and I come back from work one day. And I'll, I'll go and take that old air rifle up the barn and see if I can deal with some of them pigeons and that. It was, you know, powerful enough for that. And uh, where's my rifle? Can't find my rifle. My rifle's gone out of my room. You know, and I had a, it was all locked in the wardrobe. And I was like, what's my, what's my, my rifle? So I come downstairs and I Mum, Mum, have you seen my air rifle in there? I said, yeah, your dad went out this morning. I think he sold it down the pub. <laughs> he didn't sell me bleeding air rifle. That was my yeah. Christmas present. Oh, and here's another thing for you and all the bloody git, right? I'm, I'm about 11, 12 years old, right? And my birthday's right on Christmas. Like, you know, Dad and Dave's is a couple of days leading up to it. Mine's literally just after it, right? So, you know, we always spend our birthdays together. And uh, where was I going with that? I've lost a friend Lack. again. <laughs> what was I going to talk about? Another thing of being sold because all your birthdays are together. Ah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Right. So, yeah, that was it. So, right. No, you know my nice little 20 bore, my yeah. like little side by side one, right? That was my 11th, 12th Christmas birthday present. So, well, I went all the way down to my Dorset, down to the Clay Pigeon Cafe, picked it up with them. There was, there was another thing as well. Well, the first gun, something went wrong. I think it came, it was off the face or something like that. So it went back and we got another one anyway. So there's the one there. So, you know, come on five, six years, I've got my own gun license, right? So I say to my dad, right, I want, I put my 20 ball on my license. Oh, no, 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 he said. I didn't buy you that for you to keep. He said it was just bought for you to use. <laughs> so then, what? That was my Christmas and birthday present. I had nothing else that year. That was all I had. No, no, and he'd never give it me. Right? He'd never sign it over to me. Right? Nothing I could do about it, obviously, you know. No point falling out with your dad over it. You know, pointless. So I'm like, oh. So years later, this is about three, four years ago now, um, maybe a bit longer, I, I got this lovely over and under. I say lovely, it was a bakel, but it is lovely. It was a nice little gun. And it was like nigh on brand new. Uh, and I... I Took it out. We, I did a reshoot with Dad. We had to go and do. I got a little teammate go and do a reshoot with the club. And uh, the old man took one well, look. It's cool. That's nice. Let's have a go with it. Of course, the first two shots, he went bang, bang, left and right. These two eye pigeons. Well, that's nice. That is. That's all right. That's a good gun, that, isn't it? I went. Yeah. He said, "I'll swap it with you." I said, "What for?" He went, "That twenty bore you always wanted." I said, "What's my bloody twenty bore anyway?" So <laughs> to get my own birthday present and Christmas present back from my eleventh, twelfth birthday, all these years later, thirty years later, cost me another gun. Need I remind you, um, vinyl chairs, car bonnets, ornaments, Robert, yes? If I replace them, <laughs> I think never knew about them anyway. <laughs> he does now. <laughs> yeah, that was funny after we listened to that podcast. He went, here, he said, I just spoke to our Dave. He said, what was this about a car bonnet and being changed? He said, neither of us two remember it being changed. We always thought I had a red inside bonnet. I said, no, we had a green inside bonnet, but this, that was that was bonnet mark two because we put the back through your bonnet, didn't we? So we replaced it before you got back from the pub. <laughs> yeah, no, bloody hell. But oh, I tell you, he's a bugger. He really is. Yeah, on about time. It's uh, time we wound it up today. Well, I've got a couple of jobs to catch up on. <coughs> yeah, no, I've got to get to work anyway because uh, we were supposed to have been doing this tomorrow, but you've got your days mucking fuddled again. Well... One thing I have noticed being a parent, when I was at work, working, it was all fine. Now I'm a parent, it's like all day seem to roll into one. Some days at the weekends I try and send the kids to school on Saturday. They don't like that for some reason. <laughs> Go to the doctors, 
get tested for dementia and get some medication. Okay. Where am I going again? <laughs> Dentist. Go make, go make a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, before I finish off, do you know, do you know, obviously, the joke about the big hen? Yeah. Well, did I ever tell you about a car accident I had once with a chicken? Uh, you told me, but I doubt our listeners know it. It'll have to be very, very quick. Yeah, it's a quick one, but yeah, no. Right, we'll finish off on this one then. This is a very true story. I, I'm working in for Granada Television, and I was at the studios and stuff in the middle of Bristol, um, doing doing some stuff and uh, it was I can tell you when it was it was the 23rd of December 1991 yeah 23rd so you mean December. 1891 no they didn't have cars then it was they had, they had um, horse and carts or chickens on the front um, oh. right, they had so, Granada um, TV yeah yeah <laughs> but you know we were we, I, I'm on my way back now this is the 23rd of December 1991 now, tw- I know it was that day because that was dad's birthday Dad, my uncle Dave's birthday is the following day, the 24th of December, right? Now, I'm driving back home from Bristol, back to the village, and unbeknown to me, and unbeknown to my uncle Dave, he's four cars behind me, right? So I'm approaching a junction. You know, I'm on a straight road, and there's a T-junction coming from the left, so they've got they've got to stop, look left and right, give way, and pull out when they can. As I approach the junction, I'm in a Volvo 340 GL. Nice car. <laughs> yeah, I bought it off my uncle. Um, and uh, and just literally, I mean, literally right on the junction, going past it. No time to stop, break, nothing. And a Mark II Ford Escort, I always remember it being sky blue, right? Right out in front of me. Literally, never even stopped at the junction, just went straight out. And it, if if he'd have, if I hadn't have hit him, he'd have hit the wall straight in front of him because there was nothing in front of him. You know, it was a house and a wall. He had to turn left or right, this bugger never even turned. He didn't even stop. Right, so I've hit the I've hit the driver's door. Whack, boff! I've thrown him out of the passenger door near enough. Right, of course, I was only doing about twenty-five. I wouldn't have been going any more than thirty. That's for certain. And I've hit this. Of course, and being a Volvo is a good, strong, sturdy car, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, the engine almost came through on my feet. That's how hard I hit him. Steam went up. I I smacked my head on the bloody steering wheel or whatever it was because I've, I've hit my head and I've got, all happened so fast so I managed to get the belt off I'm holding my head and there's all this steam and stuff coming out the engine and that and I get out and I'm like oh god my head oh bloody hell and I, and I, and I stood up and stood before me is a six foot cockerel <laughs> I, and I'm like oh my god I'm concussed I'm like and I'm like and, I, and he's, he's just stood there and he's trying to hold the car and hold himself up because I've not the bloody driver's seat you know and so he's this this is the six foot cockerel stood before me and uh i had to say i always remember saying to him excuse me mate he said i said you are a six foot chicken ain't you and he, <laughs> he went I was, I was just come from a fancy dress party but he fancy dress christmas party <laughs> right so i've eaten a six foot chicken right <laughs> like cockerel so i'm like Smack. And of course, un- like I say, oh, of course, it held all the traffic up. And then, of course, Uncle Dave got out of the car and looked down. And, oh, bloody hell, it's our Rob. So we managed to push the car into the side. The police came, took him away, and got all the details and all the rest of it. So my car stuck on the side of the road. Like, you know, I, I wasn't a member of the REC or nothing back then. We're talking 30 uh, something years ago. Um, and uh, so. 
we come down, we had, Dad goes, well, yeah, what happened to you? Where's your car? And so I told him, I've, I've had a six-foot chicken. Of course, all that night in the pub, was we've gone to the pub for um, my dad's birthday. I've got a bloody great plastron thing on my head. I look like, you know, the, the literature, the mummy or something out of the bloody Adam's family. Right? And, uh, of course, all night, they're taking the mickey, bloody chicken songs and chicken chicken jokes and, like I say, the big end's gone and all that sort of stuff's coming out. Of course, you know, typical farm boys and everyone else in the pub, everyone laughing, joking. And, um, you know, so, but the next morning, um, Dad Dad drove me up there and Uncle Dave was driving home. So we went there and Uncle Dave was in his boiler suit, his proper, you know, blue boiler suit from the engineering works he was in. And yeah. um, so he stood where I was when the car broke, like, pulled out on me. And he stood there, right right on the edge of the pavement with his arms out, like like he's nailed to a cross, right? <laughs> right? So there's that. There's me on the other side pointing, going in all different directions like this, and Dad taking photos for evidence. So this was before video. This was, you know, he's taking pictures. And, and, and like, you know, come across in the road and taking pictures of Dave's where the car is to show distance and all this. I always remember, it was by Bishop's Rift Police Station, these, these two coppers drove past, looked at me and our dad doing these funny signs and me doing lefts and rights and all this sort of stuff. And it, at this point, our Dave stood there like he's nailed to a cross. And this copper's gone over his shoulder. What the hell? He mounted the pavement, come back down and kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the very true story of when I had a car accident with a six foot cockerel. Oh, my days. So, uh, no, it's never dull with us, is it? Well, the thing, a country boy's life, you know, whatever, dude, whichever walk of life you go, and you're always a country boy built up in your soul, no matter where you end up. So, you know, you're shock tested and road tested, and you have a sense of humor. And, you know, you're not really a snowflake. You don't get offended by things, or if someone calls you a rude word, you give them some stick back even worse. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, this is the thing is, that's why I always get on so well with all the military boys, because, you know, <laughs> you to get on with those boys. You got to have a bit of a sick, twisted sense of humour at times, and uh, and uh, so you know, I always got on all right with the military lads. You know, we always have a good crack, and <clears throat> you know, <laughs> you know, if I always said, if I'm not taking the mic, you're insulting you, then it means I don't like you because I won't speak to you. Yeah. Oh, I got one for you. Got Go channel with a mate of mine during the week, and. He's always had a few problems, and he's now basically in the wheelchair almost permanently. Yeah. So he said, ring me tomorrow afternoon, be best. So I tried ringing him, no answer. I tried ringing him on Messenger, no answer. So I left him a voicemail. Get off your bloody ass and answer your phone. <laughs> My kid said, you can't say that to somebody in a wheelchair. I said, why not? You'd expect nothing less of me. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> you know, when, when like a lot of my mates, if I'm nice to them, they're going, all right, what's going on? <laughs> Said you're being nice to us. What's going to happen? And they're looking around for something to happen. Like there's a bucket of water about to fall on them or something like that. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm just in a good mood or whatever. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? What have you done? Nothing. You have. What have you broken? Nothing. <laughs> what have you super glued to something or whatever? What what prank are you playing on us? No, nothing. Honestly, just in a good mood today. They're like, yeah. And they and they walk around on tender hooks all day. Like, what's what's he done? What's going to happen? They're opening doors, looking up and looking, looking if there's buckets above them and things like that. You know, so, you know, oh, my days. Nice life, isn't it? You know, you've, got, you've, got, right. you've got to have enjoyment in life and laugh about life. Oh, yes. If you're going to laugh and enjoy it and have a bit of humour, because none of us are getting out of this alive. 
you know, um, you, you may as well sit there and bloody cry about it. Oh, yes. Right, let's see if we can get it right. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. There we go. Catch you later, mucker. Yeah, and everybody, listen to the end. Yes, the very end. Bye. No, it's a bit further on than this. Bye. <laughs>